0: Miss Jones, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing, Ruth? Good. All right. Let's let's go back just a little bit at the beginning here. What does he mean? Tell me what this verse, what these two verses mean. Now, I want to ask a question what is the problem for which the gospel is the answer now let me ask it another way what do you actually struggle with on a daily basis more than anything else and what do you think you struggle with on a daily basis more than anything else. And how would you know the difference between the two? You're, you guys are fixing to find out more than ever. <laughs> when you begin to live together. Oh, boy. What I have to struggle You're, with is my, my, self, my self-righteousness, my idolatry, so what
1: I think I struggle with is everybody
0: else. Yeah. Everybody else's what? Everybody else's self-righteousness. What? 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 I'd like to know what a woman says about this. What? What do you say? What did you say? I said everybody else's self-righteousness. Hmm. Essentially, everybody else's problem is something. Where does it? it? it impinge upon you most, Where does it? Where does it? Where does it Where does it interfere with your life most? Most people's, you wouldn't say most people's self-righteousness interferes with my life on a daily basis, even though that may be at the bottom of it. Go ahead. You can go ahead and do that if you want to but I'm going to do it <laughs> yeah, <so> na- <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting... So, so that person perhaps suffers more than any other because you've isolated yourself from the person who may, who may, who may mean most to you in terms of helping you see what you struggle with most. When you're willing to alienate yourself from another person, a family member or a friend or a church member, then you've excluded the, the primary means that we have to see the shallow experience of grace, our, our shallow experience of God.
1: That, that's what the legal heart does. It divides. Agree to disagree.
0: So, he, so now... Let me ask you, at what point would that be a, a viable principle to live by, and at what point, and when is it not? What's the principle? Agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be- it's, a similar, it's a similar thing that you just said, but, but, but now you've given a principle, you've put it in a principle form. When is it good? When is it okay to say that, or or live like that? When is it not?
1: When it's a matter of conscience. Uh, okay. When it's what? A matter of conscience.
0: Does everybody grasp that? Do you know what he's saying? I decide. Huh?
1: I decide. It's a matter of conscience.
0: N- n- not you. not not precisely. <laughs> yes, but not precisely. Hang, hang on, hang on. We we got to settle on this first. Okay, so let's go back. We've got to concretize this thing right here. I don't have to be like, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's another factor, but that's not precisely what he's talking about. Nobody's really nailed it yet in terms of a, a, a good takeaway. yeah Yeah, that's what I'm asking when is it right and when is it wrong to say that Because, because we use that way too often to settle issues that shouldn't be settled that way you don't know what he's you don't know what he's talking about yet But, 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 but Taylor, what you just said could be applied by anyone, a natural person. They could use that principle and apply, any, any unbeliever could apply that principle. Now, so, okay, so so we're what what you're doing what, the way you just frame that Jennifer is a helpful thought in sorting out what your dad said, but it's not actually what your dad said. Like that you got, God we got to, we got to come to this pretty quickly, or either I'm just gonna say it.
1: That God hasn't clearly stated or something like that.
0: Okay, so so let me. Do you do you know what, what is what is the point? What is the what is the point of Romans fourteen and one and 1 Corinthians eight through ten? What's the point of it? You don't know it. Do you know? Do you know what the you know what the word matters of indif, things that are indifferent. What he says is related to the liberty of conscience. What is the what have we given liberty of conscience to agree and disagree on? I don't know if it's, if it's about, but Paul talks about everything's okay for me to eat, but I don't wanna, I don't wanna. Uh, Okay, okay. So the, so there's no so so what so so we're we're come closer. So there's no what regulating that. There's no moral or spiritual law given in the Bible to regulate what you eat. So it's a, it's an, it's a matter of conscience. It's a, it's a matter of indifference. adiaphora is the word. It, do, it doesn't matter. You can ch- you're free to choose. That, but that's the only thing believers are free to choose on. But we live in a world now where The law is so ambiguous, and and everything, every person who who has a strong conviction about using the law rightly is regarded to be a legalist. That's the world, that's the modern world in which we live in, the modern evangelical world, the modern reformed world even. Let me ask you now a question. Without the law, how will you know what sin is? Does everybody grasp that? Well, more than that, I
1: could accusing it wrong if I don't know not just not just the law's principle, but the law that apply wouldn't spirit blood in the heart. Because uh, otherwise I'll just make the law merely external.
0: Who who wrestles with how do you determine what is good? Who wrestles with that? What is good? Do you wrestle with that? What's good for me? What's good for you? Do you wrestle with that? That's a common thing that the world is in, up in arms about, even unbelievers. The millennial world is up in arms about what is good and how do they define what is good. Do you think it's a matter of judgment? See, that, see I, I, the modern world doesn't make judgments, more, moral and mental judgment. They, they don't do that any longer. They're not wanting to because it's alienating. Well, they live more about impulsive feelings. Yeah, the what? Impulsive what? feelings. Okay, okay, so... so. To, to most desirable to what?
1: Moment, cause that, cause For
0: what purpose though?
1: To gratify ourselves to please so. To serve so.
0: So the modern world.
1: Life is totally oriented
0: around. Right? I don't know you call it modern. Whatever. The, the world in which we live. Is guided by one Principle and it's not really what we would regard to be a moral principle at all because they don't believe in morality it's uh, 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 oh, okay here here's 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 like the number one here's the it's not the number one tenet but it's the first tenet i'm fearful that if i'm fearful of you prohibiting from me from being fulfilled, happy.
2: My, live, live, live.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's
2: the opposite of, sacrifice.
0: It's the opposite of what? Yeah. There is no sacrifice in the modern world for the sake of another person. There is no self-denial in the modern world for the sake of another person. Yes. So what is <clears throat> here's, here's one Drew mentioned a couple of others that go along with the self-preservation now, uh, let me ask you a question what is the uh, what is the feeling that you need for which you need to be preserved from what, who? What do, you, what do you need to be preserved from? protected from. What do you need to be protected from? God <laughs> also being defrone. God is that God said it being de being defronted. Being what? <clears> off <throat> my But they don't they, they 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 don't have the categories or the fil- philosophical understanding to grasp that they're their own God, they don't—they don't have a category of idolatry. They have eschewed all that. And that's the world in which we live now. It doesn't take long to dis, um, to 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 uh, completely. Uh, alienate yourself from families and churches even like ours who all our lives have been teaching something different than the world has all almost all our history at least at least twenty something years now but it doesn't take long see my my interest I've been I've been beating this drum for a long time and and I've been trying to figure out what stands in the way of making disciples. What is it? Why are we still losing people? What is what is the what is the non-attraction? What is the attraction? Can, may I ask you another question now? Just we hadn't we hadn't we hadn't settled in on some of the things we raised. Can you make a disciple? And the other question is, do you want to? And what stands in the way of that? Can you make a disciple in the modern age in which we live? And in the modern age in which we live, what stands in the way of that? What's the primary... What's the primary allurement to us personally that would stand in the way of, now let me ask you a question, of giving ourselves to another person to the extent that we could help them learn to live upon Christ even when they sin against us? (laughs) Even when they use us Even when they threaten, now we'll go back to Jennifer's. Even when they threaten me personally, are you willing to be threatened personally, of your, whatever it is you're protecting, and and what you protect most, and what you're anxious most about? What are you most anxious about? What are you most fearful of losing? i don't th- i don't think i think i do think the fear of hypocrisy the the, the fear of being seen as a hypocrite is a, is a factor i do believe that's a factor we all want to be seen you know better than what we are That is a, that's a mouthful, and it's a marvelous way to put it. Because you see, he didn't start with where most of where we've learned sovereign grace from, meaning sovereign power, sovereign authority. We've been pounded with that. And we, we rejected that, and then we came over to the, the pendulum wing swing side, and it's the use of sovereign grace to serve self-interest. And we don't even recognize the problem of either one. But it, this one over here, at least is more comfortable to be in than this side. You be pounded with sovereign authority, pounded with sovereign control. What did Drew just? how did he open his view of God? Speak loudly. And fulfilled, and give you meaning in life, and help you to accomplish your goal to be whatever you want to be.
1: Trust God that He's infinitely better at that for me, but for everyone. question, I
2: was originally thinking, well, <clears throat> like, for me, it's like a fear of discomfort or what going to cost me. Or,
0: but that, but you, you went straight to the root of that, which is yeah. mistrust in sovereign, God's sovereign goodness. Now, do you see? Drew didn't depersonalize God. He didn't give the full explanation of the Trinity or Trinitarian communion. But at least he didn't start with a depersonalized view of God. Sovereign authority. Sovereign power. God's sovereign goodness. He didn't, he didn't explain the, the, the way it works out in life. But at least he started at a better place for all of us. And at least he's addressed the character of God that stands in opposition to self-protection and distrust of God and another person, any other person. And, And when we live with that, we're suspicious of everybody else. So that, that in part also um, creates the kind of relationships where we're always distrusting one another. We never really are willing or able to let our guard down. Because and, and you, you must also see that justifying grace is the beginning of that the beginning of solving that problem where, we f- where we're finally willing to be safe and secure enough to let our guard down with God and be, you know, our, be what Jeff Thomas, you know, says so succinctly, I never knew my own heart. I didn't know how deceitful it was, how cunning. I didn't know The beauty and glory of the Lord Jesus. I didn't know the magnitude of the love of God. That he came running after me. And he grabbed hold of me. And he said to me, I will never let you go. Those three things, do you see. I don't know myself. But I'm not secure enough in the love of God to be willing to know. And so I struggle intensely with sins that are way down deep inside. And I live in bondage and fear that somebody else outside my control is going to control me. And it'll make me unhappy and unfulfilled and I'll have a meaningless life. Now, I, just, if, if I can make it just a bridge to the message this morning and one of the applications that I have with regard to the present age in which we live <clears throat> <The clears throat> can I, I'll, I'll start with another question so, do you have a weekly report on your phone? How much time do you spend on it? Did you notice? Can I ask you a question? How much do you think that device is influencing you? And how is it influenced? What 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 is the way in which the designers of that phone and everything that that's attached to what are the designers' interest? What is their bottom line for them? Huh? Make money. Do what? Make money. Mm. Yes, but like power. Pa- like power. Pa- power, the p- the power that they d- desire to have in the world by doing what? not yes but what do they want what is their main object <laughs> yes to, but, but for what end do you know where it's all going do you know where it's leading have you, have you read have you thought about it does Elon Musk up to Hmm. What's he up to? Does anybody know the meaning of that word right there?
1: Huh? Yeah. That's one part of it. That's, that's, but that's only
0: but that's only one part of it. The,
1: the root of it really is, is to feed into our idolatry. That's
0: but, like a, but that's but that's a that's a true statement, but what, what is their ultimate goal? To create an ultimate world of reality. Without without whom? Without God. Without God. Their ultimate goal is to blot God out of your life. And those are people who designed your phone and everything that that phone is attached to. I, I suppose it's more troublesome to me than it ever has been because I, I, keep, I keep stumping my toe against why aren't we making disciples and what are the problems that... Um, Hinder us most from making disciples.
2: in my life more intentionally, and what does that look, because, like, I've, I mean, I've been really busy traveling, but how can I love them better, and how can I exchange even more things in my life, because, like, for her, for her, we met at 8 o'clock after she put her kids to bed, and then just sat there and got to catch up, And it, but it was such a life-giving um, experience to be able to reconnect. be scheduled but like figuring out how do I bring people into it or also how how can I make sure that I'm being intentional even in that and not getting wrapped up in this busyness for me but being intentional in what's really life-giving not only for me and sharing a communion with others but also what's going to build disciples and build the kingdom
1: I think that's true but I think really at the root of it we we don't have a foot in the face of God in our life Value for or, did, or let you let go of whatever self preservation that we can you want to give. To that, to you,
0: us. Yeah. that you can give yourself yeah. for the good of another yeah. and then determine, and then you have to allow God to be the one who determines what is good. You can't let the world determine what is good. You can't even let yourself determine what is good. Yeah.
1: yeah Not just being kind to them, yeah but giving ourselves for the sake of the eternal life.
0: which which now you've separated uh, on, uh, another category that's very important to see where in which we where where we live most do we live in this world for the sake of you know common common grace our experience of common grace as believers or do we have a do we have a motive grand enough to even deny ourselves some common graces? How much common grace should I deny? Depends on my interest in building the kingdom. Depends on my interest in building lasting relationships that really are defined by God to be happy, fulfilling, meaningful, and stop pursuing selfish satisfaction.
1: But
0: I mean, what, is, what is a motive great enough to stop that? You can't just say, stop it. You have to have something to put, better to put into place of it. You know, it's, you just say, stop it. That's a, that's, that's, legal, that's a legal principle with a legal motive, what we've been learning in midweek. We need a gospel principle and a gospel motive. A gospel principle would be not just a, a, a law we lay down for everybody to live by. Here now we've used the law to determine what's good for everyone. Do you see the difference? Here's a good which God, is de- God alone has determined by which I could live with it. I could have relationships with everybody in this room. Steve? Oh, yeah. Chalmers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of complicated to read Yes, he. Or something the expulsive power of a superior affection yeah. in God, or su- suppo- the expulsive power of a superior attraction. And he says no one gives up one desire or one interest, but what he f- replaces it, or she replaces it with another. And we can reta- we can replace one temporal good with another one that's better, and we will not be any better off in terms of the idolatry of self, or we replace what temporal good with 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 the goodness of God Himself. I don't suppose we'll we'll. We, we won't solve it. This is an ongoing conversation, okay? Nobody's going to arrive at, at ceasing to live by what we're influenced by most, intuition, feelings. And nobody knows to what extent we are influenced by it already. Intuition, feelings. Subject, any, any subjective feeling primarily that is this subjective feeling is guided by my subjective idea about what is good. And primarily it's what's good for me, not what's good for anybody else. That's not the way. Our world doesn't care about what's good for anybody else. And we've been sold down the path of uh, the modern world for a long time by self-seeking interest and turning the gospel into a matter of self-seeking interest. And we can't even see that, you see, because we've jettisoned the right use of the moral law to be able to see it. Do You know, like, like Calvin says, we're blind and drunk with self-love by nature, and we can't even see it because we use a standard of measure of our own making. So now you take do you take the standard of measure, no longer having any moral valuation to it? But it's just all a matter of how I feel or the intuition that I have. It's all a matter of intuition, all a matter of feelings, all subjectivity. That's the modern world in which we live. There, there is no absolutes. There are no absolutes in the modern world in which we live. It's all by feelings, and and now you, you'll you'll uh, you'll appreciate this. Now you're toxic if you, in any way, infringe upon me being guided by my feelings and my intuition about you being the one prohibit me from attaining what I want most, and. And that's what will make me happy, what will make me most secure what will make me what will make me what will give me the most the greatest meaning in life and uh, and guess what God is not at all involved in that not not to any degree to be ugly all. To be our own huh It'll be ugly all being our own gods. yeah so 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 that so, so in my estimation that's why our church is so small <laughs> mm. that's why churches like ours is so small because we don't cater to that okay? we don't cater to intuition we don't cater to feelings we don't cater to a world of, of, selfish, of self-serving interest and we certainly don't cater to a world by using God to serve self-interest. See, so you see, God saved me from that. He delivered me from that about 22 years ago. And I'm not going back to that world. That's the world that I told you. We, we've learned from C.S. Lewis where he says, by nature, uh, uh, how do you say, uh, no natural love Self sufficient, not uh, not uh, Phileo, friendship love, not Storge, family love, and and not Eros, erotic love. None of those loves are self sufficient, but that's primarily the way the world lives. And if, if those loves, those natural loves, aren't redeemed, renewed by the free love of God in Christ. They become idols. That's the way I lived for a long time, even as a believer, even for about nine years as a pastor. I didn't see it. But
1: would you say that like, you didn't you wouldn't say that you you didn't you doubted the free love of God, but that you did you didn't know
0: how to use the law to I didn't doubt the free love of, I was I was reading Octavius Winslow. I did not doubt that. But I did not see how idolatrous I was. I did not see how mercenary I was. I didn't really have the categories to be able to see it. And then I didn't have a sufficient experience of grace to move away from it. I want to mention a book to you that I'm going to quote uh, a good bit from next have y'all read um, Carl Truman's books that he wrote? Oh, what it was about five or six years ago? He wrote that big old dick thing about that. If I, of yeah, did you, have you, do you know that book or have you read it? The Rise and the rise Trump of the Modern Self. The the modern self. Yeah, okay, so he wrote a shorter version, and to be honest, it's no easier to read than the first one. Okay? And he comes from a bit of a different perspective, I believe, that we, we is he a pastor or? no, he's a theologian. It's not a book that I recommend to the average person. Here is a book that I recommend. I just came across it yesterday. It's called uh, Digital Liturgies. It's written by a fairly young man. I think he's in his 30s. His name is Samuel James. It's the easiest book I've ever read on the modern world. It, it's a page-turner. It's easy, and it's helpful. And you'll find yourself in it. I found myself in it. Uh, now I started monitoring how much screen time I have. <laughs> oh, me.